Episode 221 of the PJ Archive is an interview I did with the Scottish singer and actress Barbara Dixon, whose hits include Answer Me, January, February, and I Know Him So Well, a duet with Elaine Page from the musical Chess. Stage shows Barbara has starred in include John Paul, George, Ringo and Bert, and Blood Brothers. She's featured in the hit TV series Taggart and Band of Gold. This interview took place in London in 1992, when Barbara was promoting an album of Bob Dylan covers, entitled Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. Several years ago, in fact it could be ten years ago now, it was suggested to me by Bernard Theobald, who looks after me, he's my manager, that it would be fantastic to do an album of entirely Bob Dylan songs. And, you know, those things sort of drift in and out of your mind occasionally, and I was always getting on with something else. But finally, last year, having not made an album for a while, I thought, I really want to do something special and something different. I don't just want to do a collection of old songs and a collection of new songs. I want to do something really different and specific. So I went into the studio in November with Ian Lynn, who's my um, musical director, uh, I've worked with since 1977. And we've done an entire album of Bob Dylan's songs, chosen from, uh, honestly, about 26, 28 albums of his work, sat and listened to, and chose the songs that I thought I'd have the most to say on. And we listened to the original versions and took what we thought was the essence of them, but took them to bits and put them back together again in a way that I could really feel I could give them something completely new without just covering them but giving them something of myself. That was suggested that you do that because you're a Bob Dylan fan and he's been a great influence in your career. Well, well no, but not particularly. I mean, yes, that's true, but it was suggested originally because the songs are so brilliant. That's like end of story. The fact that I was a fan of Bob Dylan was something else. But I've always felt that the words of songs are very important to me. And also, since I was an actor as well, about seven or eight years ago, I, I felt the words became incredibly important to me from that, from that point on. What I was actually singing was what I was saying. And I didn't want to just set a mood. I wanted to tell some kind of... I wanted to impart information, tell stories, tell people um, what had happened. And I feel that Bob Dylan is just extraordinary because he fits all those bills. So how do you feel about the album, having heard it now? Oh, I think it's wonderful. Because I co-produced it with Ian Lynn, nobody else was in control. It is exactly as I wanted it to be. And it's very, very rare to say that about anything because usually, even if you love the producer you work with, there's a lot of his personality in there. Now, if the record is a success, you say to yourself, um, oh, well, okay, that's fair enough. He knew what he was doing. And if, I, if it had been left to me, it wouldn't have been a success. Now, I know a lot of record producers say that, and I know a lot of artists say, oh, I didn't like it because the producer said or did too much. In my opinion, if you have a really, really clear idea of what you want to do as the artist, it can be done. It just can be done. As long as you have the pictures in your mind and you can do it. I'm not saying it's going to be the most successful album I've ever made, but I would really like it to be. Because it would be proof of the fact that 
good songs, well arranged, thoughtfully produced, thoughtfully put together, are are continuing to be loved by the public and bought in droves. Are you going to go on tour with this album, as it were, and do some Bob Dylan concerts, as it were? Not at the moment, no. I'm going to do uh, only one week of dates in the autumn, which I'd planned to do anyway. And they're just sort of things. Um, I'm actually doing a show in Scotland and a show in the West Country and linking them together with shows in between. Right. Because uh, you know, because that seemed like a good idea, but they're not promotion for the album. I'm not intending to tour seriously this year at all. I, I want to promote the album. I want to be available to do whatever is required to sell it and tell people about it. And I am seriously attempting to do something here, which I think is a real sort of concept album. You know, something that is a real concept album. And, and, and hopefully to introduce people to Bob Dylan's work who aren't hugely right. familiar with him because I know all sorts of things about him and I was a great fan in the 60s and 70s but um, a lot of people don't a lot of people don't like his voice for example which is a real shame because they have missed out on the songs because they don't like what he sounds like. Mm. Well, maybe I prefer your versions of well, well, possibly. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying no, that my versions are any more valid in any on any level than his. But all I'm saying is that my my interpretations of the songs are perfectly valid. They are put together with a lot of love and care, and concern for the songs and their and their content. So was it Bob Dylan and, and that sort of era which got which got you into the business in the first place? Was it? Yes, I think indirectly it was. I used to play in folk music clubs in Scotland, um, having been interested in music at school and always sung ever since I was very small. But I, I really think folk music made me incredibly interested in music and gave me a lot of information which has, has kept with me. I mean, I learned an enormous amount of songs from Ireland and Scotland and England and America which are mainly untapped in my current life as an artist. I know lots about traditional music and I learned a lot about people like Bob Dylan who were um, current at that time and, and were loosely termed folk singers uh, in the 60s. And that's where I came to love the music of James Taylor as well as a lot of traditional music. But yes, it did. That made me a professional singer. I was a professional singer at the age of 21 in folk music. And it wasn't until I went into the theatre when I was 27 in John Paul, George, Ringo and Bert that people said, where is this person come from? I was a sort of overnight success at the age of 27, having worked since the age of 17, really, in music. Let's just go back in your background a little bit. You were born in Scotland, mm. is it right? Dunfermline in Fife. My father was a, a dockyard worker at Rosyth Dockyard. And my mother is a Liverpudlian who married my father, went to live in Scotland and was a housewife. My mother's family are really quite musical. They're all, they all sing and have a sort of aspirations. My, I have a cousin who's who has aspirations towards drama and her daughter is a drama student. So there's a little bit of it in my family background. And my father's family could all sing very well and were quite musical. 
he had a couple of sisters who played the piano and sang. My father could hold a tune very well, but didn't sing much. But my mother's a very good singer and could sing harmony and could sing rather well, was sort of what I call musically quite literate mm -hmm. and knew about music and was very informed and played opera and stuff in the house. So I grew up in an atmosphere of things musical. What are your um, sort of memories of you starting off in the music? Did you ever sing in the bath when you were a oh, kid? Well, I used to, no, I used to sing in a pram. I mean, oh. the family, apocryphal story perhaps, but they, they swear it isn't, is that I could sing in a high pram and uh, sing tunes that people right. could recognise. And I think I always could sing, really. I think it was something I could just naturally do from an early age. But yes, there was music around at home. My mother's family are musical. My father's family, two of his sisters, were really quite musical. Did you think you knew from an early age that you would be a singer, or, or did you have other mm. ambitions? I knew that I could do it, but I didn't know that I would make a career at it. What, what sort of things did you imagine yourself doing when you were a kid? Oh, I don't know, really. I didn't have any career uh, ideas at all, but I was very interested in music and drama. And yet, very interestingly about me, I'm not, I'm not really what you would ever call a show-off, and I never have been. I'm immensely shy. I don't like crowds, and I'm not good on my own. I, I'm terribly, I'm absolutely fine with my husband or with my family or with people I know well, but I'm terribly shy and rather self-conscious. And I've always been like that. So I've ne I didn't go in for talent competitions and things when I was a child. I mean, I'm not, I was never a child prodigy, but everybody at school knew I could sing very well because I could just sing better than most people around me. Was it your voice then that you leaned on, as it were? Well, I could always, yes. I had a better voice than everybody else. And I was also very musical, but not, I wasn't scholarly. Mm. But I mean, I knew I could always cut it musically. When did you realise that you had a special voice? Oh, I knew all my life I had did a special you? voice, yes. I knew, but, I, but I, didn't, I didn't use it as a platform to be heard. I didn't ever want to sort of, um, you know, be standing in the middle of stages entertaining people at that time. How do you view the, the specialness of your voice? Do you see it as a gift from above or, or what? Or just something that one of a million people have? Oh, I think it is a gift. But I don't know where it comes from. But I really do think it is a gift, yes. It's a thing which... Um, you are born with a good larynx and the ability to be able to sing and good nose and all the things you need, all the equipment you need to sing. But it doesn't give you the heart and soul that you need for singing. You are born with some of that. But I think you also learn it with your experience of life. It tells you what songs are about. You know, what, what, what the experience that you have is shown through your work. I think it's the same as for an artist or a, a singer. It doesn't really matter. When did your sort of enthusiasm for singing suddenly develop into a possible career? When was the sort of break, as it were? Well, when I went, started to attend folk music clubs. Right. When I just used to, I used to sing informally with a crowd of people there. And, and it was such a good grounding because it was so informal and so terribly sort of unofficial, you know, you just did it really quietly and, and it was lovely, you know, you could just, um, you could just sing amongst a few, gr a group of friends and that group of friends got bigger and bigger and bigger and that's really what happened to me. Did your confidence grow with that then? Oh, I think so, yes. Yes, I did. I, I did feel that, um, I've never been terribly confident as an artist, I do suffer quite quite a lot from stage fright and nerves and tension. But I still know underneath that I can do it very well. What's the so worst you've me... suffered? 
that? Well, I do suffer all the time from from uh, from nerves, pre-performance nerves. Have you ever refused to go on stage or anything? No. Unable to? No, no, never, no. No, but I, I know a lot of people have this. Some get it worse than others. But in my opinion, a lot of people who are excellent have it, so I don't see it as being a terrible drawback. So how do you get over it? You just know your voice will carry you through? You just, get, you just do it. You just go. It's just like jumping through a fire, through a, 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 a hoop of fire. Mm. You just get through the hoop and things are all right. Mm. So have you also sort of been uncomfortable with the sort of showbiz aspect of your career, which is going to come inevitably with the voice? A little bit of it I quite like. I mean, I like it on my own terms, which is rather selfish. I like, I like to go to first nights and premieres and things, and I enjoy a party and that sort of thing. But as a rule, I've never been a sort of showbizy sort of person. I've never lived my life in the public eye. If I've got really private things going on in my life, like things that are causing me heartache or great joy, I don't particularly want to share them with people. I really want to share them most of all with my family. But I do realise, without being selfish, that people are genuinely, if they like somebody, they really want to know that they're all right and they're well and how their children are. I don't think I would like the tabloid newspapers to be in my life in a large way. I have nothing really to hide. But it's just I don't I don't want to live like that. You know, I don't need confirmation of the fact that I have a sound family life. I know I have. What about uh, recognition in the street and that sort of thing? Do you get a lot of that? Yes, I do. Because I'm very much a household name, I think, because right. I've done so much television. If people see me in the supermarket, they say... They first of all think it can't be her because she wouldn't be in the supermarket because they think famous people don't do any shopping. But in fact, if I'm in the supermarket and people say, are you Barbara Dixon? I usually say, I always say, yes, I am. The only time I feel uncomfortable is if people shout at me and say, and they get overexcited and start drawing attention to me. And then I feel incredibly embarrassed. But if people come up and say, are you and uh, we like you or my husband and myself came to see you at the Albert Hall or something like that that's absolutely fine by me and I don't mind that at all because it's very discreet it's also taking account of the fact that everybody is trying to get on with their life you know and, and when you're not doing something publicly you're probably in a rush like everyone else yeah I think you know you have a very sort of likeable approachable image really well that's it a lot of people think yeah. they know me and I don't particularly dislike them knowing me, but I don't particularly want people to make a fool of me. It's very important to me because I'm a Scot, you see, and Scots people don't like people making fools of them. They're very aggressive about it. And it's, it's something in the old genes, you know. We're not real show-offs in Scotland. We, we tend to be rather careful and canny. Because although you've had a lot of success in the pop charts, you don't have the sort of image which a lot of rock stars and pop stars have. No. Is that something you've deliberately steered away from, or what? Yes. Well, I've had my share of absolute. I've had my share of absolutely wild parties. I mean, I remember in the seventies going to the the Tommy party for this oh, yeah. launch of the of the Tommy film, and and being the worst for drink and being taken. <laughs> Really? <laughs> Coming home in a car with Bernard, my manager, being he was I didn't care at all. I mean, I've gone through quite a lot of liberated experiences in my life and no, I mean I think people in show business are like anyone else. I mean I'm not that clever, you know, I'm not that careful. 
I'm as likely to make mistakes as anybody else. But but I, now, you see, I'm in my 40s now, and I'm kind of a bit more staid, I think. It's not that I don't like enjoying myself, but I but just enjoy myself more quietly. No, I wasn't suggesting that, but I mean, you haven't really gone along with the tide of the rock stars dressing no. and exhausting. I mean, have you been, has someone tried to up, up your image and sort of make you a bit more raunchy? No, no, I mean, I'm... I, I think I've, I've maybe tried to make myself more raunchy from time to time, but I always come a cropper. I always feel that that I'm not raunchy. There's nothing about me that's raunchy. <laughs> I mean, if anything, I have sex appeal on an entirely different level. You know, that the people like me because they think there's a little bit more to her than meets the eye. Whereas raunchy women don't really have anything behind the raunch, you know. There's their raunchy or their... Mm. With respect to Tina Turner, thank you, who is absolutely wonderful. Yeah. But, I mean, that's not really my... I wouldn't, I've never really yeah. strutted my stuff. <laughs> it's not my sort of thing. But I'm pretty mature, you know. I mean, I'd, I know where it's at. I mean, I don't want to be boring. I don't think I am boring. But I've never wanted to be boring. Mm. I've always wanted the old cloven hoof to pop out, you know, now and again. What was your big break, really, from the point of view of making it as a household name? The two Ronnies. Yeah, that's what I would have Because said, yeah. John Paul George made me a theatre name. Mm. The two Ronnies brought me into everybody's homes on a Saturday yeah. night at the time when everybody watched the two Ronnies. So how did that come about? I was asked to do it by Terry Hughes, who was the producer of the show, who went on to do Golden Girls in America. Oh, really? Yeah, he's become very famous in America, mm. but begin to worry when you're asked to do that show. Yeah, I'm not quite old enough for Golden Girls yet. He, um, he saw me in John Paul George and said, would you do it? And I thought that was wonderful, so I went on. Still quite green in a way, really. Having had a hit with Answer Me. Mm. And of course it was, it was instantaneous. Mm. And thousands of people just started sort of talking to me. I started to fill concert halls. People were really interested in me, mm. suddenly. Did you ever meet much with the two Ronnies? I mean, they used to say, sort of, and now over to Barbara Dixon. Yes, that's yeah. right, that's right. Well, I didn't meet Ronnie Barker that much because I only met him when we were working in the studio. Mm. But I've subsequently met Ronnie Corbett a great deal because he's um, involved in quite a lot of outside things like Lord's Taverners and things like that. He's always been very nice Those. to me and said uh, nice things, and uh, we, we've met at functions and things. Do you have a lot of showbiz friends? Um, no, none, apart from Elaine and Tim. Jerry Rafferty, who probably oh, yeah. won't be known to anybody no, 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 in the magazine. Massive Musicians, show business friends, not really. Um, I've got friends in the theatre, but all my friends in the theatre are people that, that I've worked with, mm. like Willie, Chris Bond, Andrew Schofield and George Costigan, people like that who were, who were with me in Blood Brothers, and Anthony Sher and and um, Philip Joseph and the people who were in John Paul George with me. You see, they're all people I've worked with, Elizabeth Estenson. Whilst we're on the subject of Elaine Pater, if I may, I mean, you, yes, of course. you sung on the album of Chess. Yes. And, and then people thought you were going to be in it, but you turned it down. Is this the story? Is that correct? Or? Yeah, well, I didn't want to be in Chess because there wasn't enough for the, the character of Svetlana to do. Right. She only really sang one right. song. Svetlana was the wife of the Russian and didn't yes. feature much in the story. Yeah. And um, I really didn't want to do that. I mean, uh, Tim knew at the time. Mm. I, I, I don't think that uh, it wasn't, it didn't really interest me because 
I had already done Blood Brothers, and if you've done Blood Brothers, you don't really want to be on for three minutes. Plus, I didn't really want to be in another stage show. I have to say that, as we speak, stage shows are far too much of a tie for me. I mean, I'm a very energetic mother and a family person, and I haven't got enough of an ego to be in the theatre. I really don't want to be with my family all day and then troll off to the theatre at night, because I'd have no energy to do the show. I'm not one of these people who sort of uh, gets up at half past eleven and has a sleep in the afternoon when they're working. I think if you've got a young family like me, it just doesn't work. Mm. So a concert tour is about what I like to do, which is I go off and I entertain people throughout the whole country for six weeks at a time. And the rehearsal period I can spend near home. And then I come back again and do tellies and private functions and recording and things. I'm perfectly happy with that. Mm. Is your husband in the business? Yes. Oliver is a production manager in right. um, television drama and currently works for the BBC. He's freelance, but he's working for the BBC. And how did you meet him? In the theatre. He was um, in the stage management of Blood Brothers. So we met in Liverpool. Yeah. And uh, what kind of a meeting was it? Do you remember it well? Well, we worked together and then after four months or something, we started to go out together. It was quite extraordinary. I mean, then we started to go out together in a group of people from the theatre because in a show, of course, if it's a good show like Blood Brothers was, everybody loved everybody else. I mean, I'm not being funny. That's right when people say to me about rivalry between me and Elaine. Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Elaine and myself really love each other dearly. And the people in Blood Brothers, much the same, we used to go out for meals and go to the pub and things after the show and talk about the show and talk about each other because we really liked each other and um, Oliver was there because Oliver is that sort of person he tends to be I'm sure he'll be hugely embarrassed but he tends to be very popular with people he's working with and that was no exception that's how I met him and fell in love with him but I was very worried about his his the, our age difference because he's 12 years younger than me and um, it was a problem to begin with I thought oh my goodness this is ridiculous but it's never been a problem for me, and I don't see him now as being 12 years younger than me. I don't feel 12 years older than him. Just over a year and a half after we met, we were married. Had either of you been married before? No. No, I had made up my mind I would be married to nobody rather than married to some dangerous white boy who was completely wrong for me. I mean, that would have been a disaster. I had made up my mind that if I was going to be childless and unmarried, then I'd have a bloody good time and be single and get the best out of freedom and being single and work and enjoy myself. Um, it's not an easy business to be married in, is it? It's not, but as long as you're not married to another artist, you've got a chance, really. People who are married to other artists, really, have got more problems because you've got two egos at work. Yeah. And Oliver's ego is a different kind of ego. And because he's stage management, he knows what to do with temperamental artists, mm. you know, and he lives with one. Mm. But still, it must be quite awkward, you know, you being a famous name, a famous face, and him being not known. Well, he, la he laughs because, I mean, he's had sort of el elbows in the eyes of people sort of clambering over tables trying to talk to me and say, who's this guy, and trying to shove yeah. him out of the way. And he, he's, he does honestly have a sense of humour about it because he doesn't think there's anything wrong with him. Mm. 
Maybe if he was an aspiring actor, it would be terribly worrying. But because he isn't, it doesn't bother him. And he comes from a family of actors. I mean, his father is, is Barry Cookson, the actor. And he grew up in an atmosphere of, uh, of the theatre and television. And his mother was an actress before she was married. His sister is an actress, Sally. So he grew up being cool about being famous and the life the in the theatre, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Having waited a fair amount of time mm -hmm. to have children, was that an extra special pleasure for you? Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, yes, I mean, I really, really did think about it and experience it being older. I think if I had had children when I was 20, um, I probably wouldn't remember now how I felt, but because it's so recent, oh, it was such a joy to us to have children. I mean, wonderful. I mean, they're really hard work, but they're wonderful. So how did it change your life when, when Colm came along? In every single direction. I mean, one's priorities change. I've always been rather private, and I've always been very much a home bird. My home is very, very important to me. Where I live is my the place where I feel that I can really unwind and feel um, I can shut the door on the world. And having had children in that environment, that's wonderful to me because I really have a nest now. And I've got my chicks in my nest and I feel very fulfilled in a personal way by that. Do you not have folk, folks in Scotland still? Or? I have aunts and uncles. A couple of my father's relatives still we keep in touch with. Do you go up there much? No, I don't do any visiting in Scotland. I usually go up when I'm working. Mm. But I do have very good friends in Ayrshire who live uh, near, near Kilmarnock. Mm. And we, uh, they have a country house up there and we go up as often as we can to um, spend some time with Neil and Louise. Do you feel that is home, though, still? Or, or? Um, it's been a long time since I've been in London. I really feel that here, where I currently live, is my home now. Because I left in 1972 to come to England. So that's tw almost 20 years ago. But my roots are still very much in Scotland. I mean, I know about Scotland and Scots people and what Scots people like and what they're about. And this is why I always absolutely love Billy Connolly. I mean, I just adore Billy Connolly because... You met him? Yes, I know, I know him quite well. Yeah. I just love him because he speaks the truth. Mm. That's what I love about him. Mm. He speaks the truth. He tells it like it is. And it makes me laugh. And I watch, I watch his concert. We, Oliver and myself went to see him last time he was in London and screamed and laughed. And we went to see him afterwards because I know him mm. from our folk club days mm. together. And um, I'm just absolutely delighted at how well he's done and how well he is in himself. And I just think he's a great banner for Scotland, really. Yeah, he's just made it in America in a big mm. way. Would you like to do that? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not really very ambitious. It's such a terribly sort of wimpish thing to say. I'm not terribly ambitious. I just, I just want to be sort of comfortable and have my family around me. That's what I love most of all. Are the kids showing any signs of musical ability? Not yet, but Gabriel sings very well, the middle one. Right. And Comey can hold a tune nicely. But Gabriel's Mr. Show Business, you see, so he shows off. He will sing Baba Black Sheep mm. to anybody who wants to hear it, even if they don't want to hear it. 
Colm doesn't really, he's not a show-off. He's a bit like me, he'll, he'll sing but hide behind somebody while he's doing it. Do they realise that you are a star? No, not yet. I think Colmy, he said to me, which I thought was hilarious recently, he said, Mummy, we haven't been on television for ages. Because when he was very young, I did some television films and he was on, and he's been on a couple of things. But we haven't, I haven't taken the children on. What happens much. when you're on TV? Do they point at the TV? Well, we, if we manage to catch things that I'm on, I think they enjoy it, yes. Mm. I mean, they would always stay up late to watch me on Wogan or something. Mm. Would you encourage them to go into the business? Oh, I'm not, not, I'm not a sort of uh, dancing school sort of mum, really. That's not my scene. I just want my kids to have a lovely, lovely time. Tear about with no clothes on and climb trees and go for picnics and be real. Mm. I don't want to dress them up. I mean, they wear their kilts when they go to weddings and mm. christenings, and they like that because it's once every blue moon, really. But, I mean, I don't like all that, really. All I want for my children, in their own way, is to be confident and to be able to make their own way. I don't want them to be doctors and lawyers particularly because I've met a lot of unhappy doctors and lawyers. I'd rather one was a carpenter and happy. I don't really mind what they do for a living as long as they are happy and at peace with themselves because I think that's the most important thing in life really is to feel comfortable. Have you learnt a lot in your own life that you're trying to put over to them? Yes, of course I have, because I didn't have my children until I was in my late 30s. If I can't give them any of my vast experience of life, then I won't be doing my job. And I think being an older mother, you really can do that. You really can, with your experience of life, instill some very useful things in your children. Do the kids keep you youthful? Oh, I think they do. Sometimes I feel as if I look 95. But in the main, I think I'm... I feel younger than perhaps if, if I didn't have any children at all. I think I probably would have felt older, but now I just feel obviously like the mother of three young children. I don't sort of look at myself in a kind of critical way. You're in a very youthful industry. Do you sort of worry about the ongoing of time? Well, I don't really know. I think I take your point. I mean, the charts are very youthful, but I also think that there's a lot of people who are older. I mean, you, Paul McCartney, Elton John, and people like that who are not young at all. And, and, and even people who are ex immensely sort of credible, like Sting. I mean, he's, he's got to be almost 40 if he's probably... He might even be 40, but he's late 30s. I mean, there's a lot of people who are just sort of two and three years on either side of me who are still very much forces to be reckoned with. I don't think my age is a problem. And I think that the people who like me, you see, won't stop liking me because I'm 45. Mm. How do you see the career going now? As well, continuing, well, if, if the Dylan album is a massive success, which I hope it is, then I will continue to, to promote that mm. and um, look for another recording project to do with Ian Lynn, mm. where we can actually take this a bit further, maybe do... And not not another Dylan album, but something, and w but working as a team together, because I think that if this album is as successful as I hope it will be, then we'll be um, 
will be able to go on and do other things recording-wise, which I'd really like to do, have that control and power over my work. You don't see yourself going back in the West End as an actress? No, uh, my, my friend um, Chris Bond, who's a theatre director, always says to me, oh, Barbara, we've got to get you acting again. And um, a lot of people who saw me in Blood Brothers are always absolutely mortified that I haven't done anything else. Because I know it was very successful and I know I was very good in it. What have been the highlights, though, looking back on your career of all sorts of things you've done? Then? Well, Blood Brothers was a massive highlight, really, because it was so exciting. I know him so well, it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. to, do, uh, I, to do Top of the Pops with Elaine, with a pair of us, like, school girls, it was such fun. I mean, she would tell you herself what it was like, I mean, ringing each other up and screeching and giggling down the telephone to each other because the record had become such a success. It was wonderful. And we loved it. And that's been lovely because we've remained very good friends and our families know each other, which is nice. That's been great. John Paul George, all those years ago, was massively important to me because it brought me out of folk music into the public eye. The Ronnies, all these are highlights. January, February being a massive hit, and my other hits as well. All the hit records I've had that I really love, like Do you have another suitcase. Favorite song that I've sung? No, not really. But I, obviously, I love I know him so well because it's such an important song to me and to the people who listen to it. I love all sorts of songs. I love Randy Newman's songs. I love the music of people like Gershwin. I like Stephen Sondheim's things, some Stephen Sondheim. I like all sorts of things. I mean, if you saw me play in a concert, I try to do traditional music, some stage things, which obviously are dramatic in some way, some beautiful songs. Like I, on my last tour I did, I cover The Waterfront, which is a Billie Holiday song. I do... Um, contemporary songs, entirely contemporary songs. I do songs of mine from my own repertoire, songs I've written, anything I like. Yeah. And songs like Anyone Who Had a Heart or a Beatles song or yeah. something, arranged specially. What about sort of things that you haven't done you'd love to do, like you know, being a major film or something? I would like to do a film because I would like to be in a good television play. Something like GBH would be fantastic, mm -hmm. but I'm sure every person who's ever acted would like to do that. Or I would have liked to have been in Tutti Frutti as someone's mum up a close doing the washing or something. That would have been fantastic. But something really good and tough like that. I mean, I'm not a Noel Coward sort of artist because that's not, it's not what I could ever be very good at. Much as I, I love Noel Coward, it's not, it's not me. Um, and I am a working class Scotswoman with a Liverpool mother. So uh, the things that make me laugh, harking back to say someone like Billy Connolly, those things that make me laugh, like laugh from my guts, are uh, the sort of things that I would like to do if I were acting again. Things, it, well, that's why Blood Brothers was so brilliant for me, because it was, I mean, Mrs. Johnson I, was a woman I knew. I didn't have to find Mrs. Johnson. I knew Mrs. Johnson. She was all sorts of people I'd met in my life. What's your idea of bliss? Oh, ar aromatherapy massage and heat, uh, warmth, privacy, sleep, a really nice bottle of white wine, lovely food. I like curry, curry's bliss. Well, there's lots of bliss, lots of bliss. Um, 
babies, the smell of babies with clean nappies. That's bliss. A coal fire. Mm. Oh, I love lots and lots of things. Paint, oil paintings. Love them. I do feel hugely enthusiastic about hundreds of things. Needleworks, flowers, gardens, houses. Do you have a dream, dream house or dream existence to come? Mm. Yes, very much so. I'd like to have a, a Georgian or a Regency house. Not a big one. Not, I don't want to live in a stately home, but I'd like a Georgian or a Regency house in pretty countryside. Space, really. Mm out of London for my family and a quiet life but continuing to work feeding my ego but no razzmatazz really just a just a little bit when we get bored with the quiet a bit of razzmatazz an occasional first night nice party going to the theatre just that sort of thing just to top us up 